podcast where we talk about current events, pop culture, products, and do interviews from the point of view of middle schoolers. Oh, and by the way, in case you didn't know, my name is Chase Kornblatt, and I'm here with my co-host, Benjamin Leon. Are you doing, Ben? I'm doing okay. What about you, Chase? I'm doing fine. So, as you've noticed, we are actually we are in video for this time. We're gonna try it out. So, if you want to see us on video, want to see want to see us, you can watch us on our YouTube. Just search for some important things. But if you just want to listen to the audio, like usual, just listen to it where you normally listen to it. So, we're gonna try this out and let us know. Email us. Tell us what you think about the video. Tell us if we should continue to do it or if we shouldn't continue to do it. Let us know. So we have have a jam-packed, awesome episode ready for today. So let's get right into it. Segment for today is how to make e-school better for kids. I realize this is actually very important and I just wanted to cover it, especially since e-school can be very hard. So we students can all agree that e-school is not good or fun as regular school was before no, the pandemic. Not. Yeah. It's it's definitely it's way worse, yeah. And as the pandemic doesn't have a near end in sight, as experts say it could be years before everything goes back to normal, especially school, um east like going to school full time. So for everybody, and that is why we decided to make this list of ways to make e-school more enjoyable for kids. Um, pretty much, um, almost every age, I wouldn't say every single age, this is mostly working in our range. Um, mm-hmm. I would say this, this works especially well with like second graders all the way up to eighth graders. Um, most of these High schoolers, things. it probably won't work as well. But you guys can judge for yourself, especially... Yeah, just, you'll see. So, I we decided that we are the most qualified to talk about this as we are middle schoolers and we have both struggled in some sense or another during the pandemic and especially during school. So, let's get right into it. Um, so, the first one is what I like to call the hyper club. And I made up this concept. And basically, the hyper club is where you can meet um, with friends on Zoom or even meet, like, meet friends for the first time. Um, so you make friends and I, and I realized, and I thought of this at the beginning of the year, cause I thought this was, would be a great solution to a problem I had because I was coming from a different district, which meant I only knew one person. I, I didn't even know Chase when I first. Yeah. Like it's kind of hard to believe, but like, I didn't know Ben like on the first day of school and look where we are now in February. Yeah. Like we a have few. a podcast together. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we only, we've only really known each other for a few months, but... Well, I'd say we met each other in, what, late September or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But whatever, the point is, is I, I didn't, I didn't know people well enough. I only knew one person um, before I came to the school, and... So I thought that this would be great to meet new people. And basically the hyper club is something where you can sign up to meet with your friends on Zoom. So I even made an example that I'm gonna show just in a little bit. Um, and it's administrated by teachers. And um, so basically what you do is, you know how there are breakout rooms on, in, on Zoom? And especially with these new updates, you can choose your own breakout room. So I, 
wanted to take advantage of that. So in an organ in an organized manner, um, you can sign up on um, an Excel sheet. So you write, you put your name down and like, let's say you want to go into breakout room one and your friends will see that and they can sign up as well. You can coordinate with them. Like you can chat them, email them, anything like that. But other people like, can join as well. Um, like so it's not, example, you go. Okay. Like for example, like if, so say like me and Ben wanted to do the hyper club. And so I signed up to go to breakout room one. And then Ben, he also wants to sign up, but he doesn't know that I've signed up yet. So he'll go to sign up and then he'll say, or he'll see that I have signed up to go into breakout room one. And then he can also sign up. So like we can go into a room together and like chat, chat. Yeah, that's precisely, yeah. So um, I made actually a little spreadsheet that I'm gonna show right now. Let me share my screen um, here. So as, can you see this? Um, can you see this, Chase? Yes, I can see it. So I, I actually think this is an advantage of video. So now like we later in the episode, we have some like YouTube videos that we want to show you, but this is an advantage. So yeah, so if you, if you, yeah. This stuff. If you're watching um, only on audio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that kind of thing, basically this is an Excel sheet where there are rows and we have different names. So this is supposed to represent, so right here we have, that would be like breakout room one, right? So breakout room A, that's breakout room one. And did you know that there's a maximum of 50 breakout rooms per- That's a lot of breakout rooms. Yeah, per Zoom meeting. So if you're, if we estimated around three to four people per breakout room, so that's equating to 150 to 200 for what we think is average. So at our school, there's what, 900 people? Um, I don't know. I don't know. But if, if half of the people, if half of the people at our school want to do the hyper club, then that's only taking around two to three rooms to execute. And the great thing about this is, is this doesn't, all this takes is for a teacher to log onto Zoom as host. It doesn't take anything else. The teacher can walk away from their keyboard as long as they you have the right settings. stop video, mute audio, just you, you, you know, if you're the host, you can set a certain timer for how long the breakout rooms are open. And then you can send kids to breakout rooms based on how they- Well, they can them. join their own breakout room. Yeah, and then you can set a timer, and then it'll just they'll just automatically come back to the main main room when the um, sign up and when the timer's done. And as you can see here on this spreadsheet that we've created, so say there's some kid in our class named John, and John's and John was a very good friend of mine and Benjamin's, and John me John came up to sign up, and he has seen that me and Benjamin have signed up to be in breakout room one. So John will go and write his name down. And then when it's time for the hyper club, we will all go into breakout room one and chat or play games or something like that. Yeah, you can do anything. It's really limitless. Like even if you want to play video games, you can just, that's a way so you know where your friends are going to be. Or like anyone can do anything. And I especially like this because for those kids like me who don't actually know anyone, I didn't make this, but I would like there to be a way so you can go like a stranger one so anybody can sign up and they don't need to know each other. 
I say just want to mm-hmm. meet new people. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Um, well, that's, yeah. That's all for the Hyper Club. So let's go to the next one. Chase, take it away. So thank you, Ben. I actually really like the idea of the Hyper Club. Like I, so that's really cool. So for our next one, it's not something that we made up technically, but it's a movie party. Honestly, like this would probably be more of like a weekly thing, like, and it would also be optional because like, say you have like some work you need to catch up on, like you have like an art project that you're kind of behind on and you need to do something. You don't have to do this, but it's a nice thing to to look forward to. So I know lots of schools have an occasional movie parties. Like if you do all your homework or you earn something, you have a movie party to protect kids from frying their brain from electronics. As teachers would say. Yeah, and parents. But when the average usage of electronics for tweens is above six hours, not including virtual school. So including virtual school, that's 12 hours a day, which is like half the day. So that's a lot of screen time. So a short yeah. movie, go ahead. And uh, yeah, and honestly, most kids, especially if you're watching a movie, you can watch a movie during school and like different chunks of time. I feel if you're doing this a weekly or even like every other week, this isn't really doing much. And kids decide, I mean, kids can have good judgment when it comes to these kind of things, especially if they don't really want to watch this kind of, if they don't want to watch a movie. And of course, teachers can decide. Sometimes they want PG, sometimes they they allow PG-13. Um, it, it's just really the teacher's decision um, of what they feel more comfortable with and like what the school district is like. Um, but you watch this movie, you can be with your friends, the teacher shows it. Yeah. That's basically all it is. It's pretty simple and Chase and I both thought that that would be a great way to kind of be with your friends and you know watch, yeah. a, watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And like this time frame, maybe like an hour or something like I know for us Ben and I we have this period of the day it's called Xbox and we don't have any classes during it it's some time to like catch up on work or do something you need to do where you don't actually have any classes so that's nice and I know for me sometimes I have trouble concentrating all day during virtual school and I think people can relate that relate to that so a movie would be a great way for to get kids' minds off of school. It would be like a mind break. And if the teachers administer this and they're cool with it and the district is good, I the school breaks will be more enjoyable and low maintenance. Ben, do you want to take it our way with our take it away with our last way to make each school better for kids? Yeah, sure. Um I'd be glad to hear. Um okay, so the last thing is yeah, speaking of like games, um, we have games in class, and this is especially during e school. I found that this was very fun, and the teacher that did this for us was our Spanish teacher. And I'm saying Spanish teacher because at my old school, I had a Spanish teacher as well, and I didn't enjoy Spanish nearly as much as I do now, and near, nor did I learn as much, even though I think I had even more time than I do in Spanish right now. So Yeah, like I know, I our teacher, our Spanish teacher is great. She's really nice, and I this is my first year doing Spanish, but yeah, I'm learning a lot. 
Yeah, um, and especially, like, Spanish can be a hard topic to learn, but I feel like with doing these games, it doesn't only work for Spanish, this is just the example that we're giving, that games, like, you know, there's tons of games that you can play that are really fun and really make it competitive and make it, like, you make you motivate to work in class. And I found that I learned that from being in Spanish where we play like at least one to two games a class, like Spanish related games. Like, um, for example, there is Kahoot, Gimkit, Look It, Pear Deck. Um, I, yeah, those are all great games that we play in Spanish. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. So I really, I really enjoy those and I don't know why more teachers, like, I'm not saying that's just, so other teachers play games, especially like Kahoot and the, and the Pear Deck, but I just wanted to highlight Spanish because those kind of games can really change the class, you know, change the class. Yeah. Along with that, we have a great teacher, but, um, but I just thought, I, that's just the example that I wanted to do, that like those, those kind of games and especially having a great teacher, they can really affect it. So I think more teachers should play, should play games in class um, that make it more fun to learn. Yeah, so, I know. It's very enjoyable for me. I always look forward to Spanish every time I have it. So that's all for, we might actually make this a regular segment if we can think of some more ideas, but that's how to make eSchool better. And Chase, let's go to three cool products. So our next section is three cool products, kitchen edition. So welcome back to three new products. Last week, we focused on some products that might be nice to have in your room or office. And if you enjoyed that, then chances are you'll probably enjoy this one too. So as you know, last week we did room edition. So this week we're gonna go to the kitchen. And without any further ado, let's get into three new Let's cook up some food. Kitchen edition, yeah. So our first product is called a portable blender. So are you having fitness craving or are you trying to be more healthy? Well, this portable blender is the perfect thing for you. This portable blender cannot be simpler and it's perfect for people with busy lifestyles. Like if you're rushing to work, then portable blender, you should get it. With this cool new technology, you can make a smoothie by plugging in this blender to a simple USB port in your office. That's it, that's all it takes. This actually sounds really cool to me because I would have never thought, like, I know, for example, some of the newer cars, they have like charging ports. So like, if you're like not driving and if you're in the car, I never would have thought that you would have been been able to make a smoothie. I mean, would you really want to make a smoothie in the car though? Doesn't that seem a little hazardous? Yeah, but like maybe not in the car. Like, maybe I mean I feel like there's other ways that like, this would be useful. Making a smoothie somewhere other where you have. I mean, I feel like if you're you have your blender. yeah, if you're taking the commute and you're just on your lunch break, right? I feel like on your lunch break, it's it plugs into USB, right? Yeah. So it plugs just, into like a charging port. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So just where you put your iPhone, right? You can mm-hmm. put this device and just you know you put put your strawberries. Put your um, what do you put in? I'm so dumb. What do you put in the smoothie? Kale. <laughs> what 
kale. You have your kale. You have your protein mix. Blueberries. Yeah. Blueberries. You go. You just. You just put that all in, and you get your smoothie. How convenient! And boom, you have a smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. So. This, these blenders, can you believe it? They're only $23 on Amazon. I think that's 23 Wait, really? Yeah. It, it, I, I was like, really? Only $23? And if you really think about it, a station, a Ninja stationary blender on Amazon is $120. And, and there's ones even more than that. There's, even, there's yeah, ones exactly. that you can get on Costco that are even more. Yeah. And like, for example, like, on a hundred dollar difference for a blender that can all like that are pretty similar and that they could almost do the same things. I think that's a steal. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree. And with like you reviews have proven that it's like it's not a scam, it's very high quality. Oh yeah, we always we always look at the reviews to make sure and we watch YouTube videos to make sure that this is this actually works. Um yeah. so if you're if you're if anybody's wondering about that. So yeah, and you guys have probably seen this somewhere. I I saw I've seen this on so many ads, but you probably haven't thought about it too much. So I want to just bring this up, and it's the Nutri Chopper. So looking for a faster way to cut your food? This Nutri Chopper cuts ten times faster than your ordinary kitchen knives, and that's crazy. The lightning fast chopper can help you create one or ten perfect slices at once. Saying, um, say you're cutting an onion, right? You push down on this twice, and we're going to show a video soon. Um, you just get your neutral chopper, you push down, and it gets into this nice little container for you. And you can use that in, um, like a you salad. You can pour it right in. Yeah. Or right in for whatever you want. So I think, especially salads, maybe you're making an omelet. Um, this is perfect. You just you cut it up, put it in, and you, you know, whatever you want. So there's vegetable choppers, fruit choppers, cheese choppers, and they're not all the same thing. Um, they do different, you know, they have different kind of slicers. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And you can put this chopper in a dishwasher to wash it out. And the Nutri Chopper is $20 on Amazon. But it, it really depends which one you get, um, of yeah. course. Which, in my opinion, I, I'm wondering what you think, but I think that's a good idea. I bought this for my mom, and we used it for a little bit. I forget what happened to it, but that's not the point. I, I remember this actually is pretty nice, but the only thing, if you were to get this, um, you need to actually cut your fruit in half or whatever you want in half yeah, one time. Because you don't want to have it too big because then it might get jammed in. And yeah. Break, so um, you don't want to have it too big. But it, it still will save you time nevertheless. So I'm going to show a video for that right now. Um, but let me see. Okay. Um, so right here we have a Nutri Chopper. So okay. So this. Wow. Wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is such a good promo. Yeah.
So you get the point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, <laughs> I I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, but like in the video, it didn't show it. But it, like, if you're chopping onions and you like, it said no more tears. Like, you know how you get tears when you're chopping onions? No more tears. But if you like, if you don't want to chop it right onto like uh the like cutting board or anything, you can just. There's a cup that comes with it, like a little cup. Mm-hmm. You can like screw the Nutri Chopper onto the cup, and it'll chop right into the cup, and then you can like pour it into a soup or something. Yeah, so I exa- think that's really exactly. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I really, I really like that product. So number three, we have. Oh, we actually, do you want to do number three? Yeah. So our third and final product for this kitchen edition of three cool products is the Hamilton Beach Double Breakfast Sandwich Maker. Mm, doesn't that sound good? It does. I didn't know about it. So I was researching different products for this section. As you know, we have to do research. We don't just come up with it in our minds. So, and I came across this product and I was like, whoa, this is actually pretty cool. And this double sandwich maker can help you make two breakfast sandwiches in under five minutes. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty first, sure. Oh, you did, yeah. And just like four simple steps. We chase your microphone off, Chase. Your microphone stopped working. Ben. Oh I yes. Okay. Now it's good. Now okay. it's good. Yeah. Can you just edit that? Yeah. Right yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Say you have an English muffin and you're going to put some eggs on it. So all you have to do is in the top compartment, you just put the English muffin onto the compartment and it'll stick right there. And then next, crack a couple of eggs into the middle compartment, which also is a mini skillet. So you can cook your eggs right on there. Mm-hmm. And then, the la- because obviously you don't want to eat raw eggs. Raw eggs are bad for you. And then in the last compartment, you put your English muffin on the bottom. And then, like, if you want, like, cheese on top of it or tomatoes or something like that, that's good. So then you press a couple buttons on the oven, and then this, the skillets will start to fry your eggs. And then they'll also, like, start to melt the cheese onto the English muffin. So it's all cooking at one time, and there's a timer on it. It's like if you've ever had um, a McDonald's breakfast, you know, the egg and yeah. The McDonald's breakfast meal. I'm pretty sure it's supposed to taste like that, except the pitch for this product is that you know exactly what you're putting into this sandwich. I mean, what you're going to eat, okay? You can so see everything. You yeah. see everything. Everything you're, you're doing it yourself, which is, you know, good and bad. But this is a cheap, easy way to do that. And it's, so you may say, if it's like the McDonald's thing, wouldn't that make it unhealthy? And the thing is, is McDonald's is, I think, does different things with their sandwiches. Like, they have different chemicals, that kind of thing. But with this, you know exactly what you're putting into the sandwich, so you don't need to worry about those different chemicals that make it exactly. that make it taste, you know, and preserve it. Mm-hmm. So, once everything's cooked, boom, you have two breakfast sandwiches just like that in under five minutes. And while Ben and I were talking... And we were, I was researching this and Ben was working on another segment and 
I know, at least for me, that breakfast is definitely my favorite meal of the day. I love to eat a big, healthy breakfast. So this and I, yeah. would, and I need and a this, breakfast quickly. So, and this product would actually be perfect for me. I think this product will be. Yeah. So same. this sandwich maker, it's forty dollars on Amazon, pretty good price. And according to the reviews, which are written by people who have actually bought the sandwich maker and used it to actually make a sandwich, the reviews say that this is super high quality and that it works so well and it's so convenient. And I, I definitely trust those people because they actually used it and they bought it and they know how much it costs and if it's good for the price. So I think this is a great product. And Ben, would you like to show us a video? Yeah, I'll just show you a video um, of that. Okay, so we have the Nutri-Chopper clip. Okay. Wow. That's actually so cool. Yeah. <laughs> now that's good thinking. Yes. Like, that's actually so cool. Like, as you see, like, you put all your stuff in the compartments and you smush it together, it all cooks, and boom, got a breakfast sandwich. Got a, yeah, you got a breakfast sandwich. So, so yeah. So that's a great section. I thought those kitchen products were very yep. cool, convenient, and great prices. So for the final section of episode nine of A Few Important Things, Ben, would you like to take it away with a book review? Yes, yes. Okay, so I enjoyed this book very much while reading it. It had many surprises throughout, and the foreshadowing was crafted ben, to perfection. Ben, what book is it? I'll say I'm getting there. I'll get there. I'll get there. So there aren't a lot of complaints about this book that I have. So so basically, yeah, like I said, um, I haven't said this yet, but the book is called Steelheart, and it is a dystopian novel from the point of view of an 18-year-old boy. Now, at the beginning of the novel, the main character, David, is eight years old. So he, you know, it's back in time um, when he is at a bank with his dad. An epic, who is someone with superpowers, essentially goes into the bank and starts killing people. And another epic saves everyone, or so everyone thought. The name of the second epic is Steelheart. Um, so basically, Steelheart just st stands in the bank. In the first epic, named Death Point, walks sneakily behind Steelheart, about to kill him. And David's father um, tries to shoot Death Point to save Steelheart because he thinks he's good. But the bullet grazes his, his face, Steelheart's face, drawing blood, but it does kill Death Point. But the, and the idea is that Steelheart is invincible. But when David's father shoots him, he actually hurts the epic, meaning he isn't invincible. And another tidbit I want to add is that all epics have weaknesses. So there's a way to kill every single epic. Um, so yeah. So, so Steelheart kills David's father and everyone else in the bank, except he misses David and doesn't kill him. Not because he meant, if he meant to, he would have killed him, but he just can't, he just doesn't. It's weird. And 
The book moved 10 years into the future after that one prologue scene, and David is planning to join a group that is rumored to be in town known as the Reckoners. Now, the Reckoners are a group who killed epics all around the U.S., and David wants to join their five-person group. He helps them kill an epic and begs to join the group. The point of the book is that David wants to avenge his father by killing Steelheart with help of the Reckoners. I only have a yeah, like I only have a few problems with this book. And number one is I feel like that there is a little exaggeration, like over exaggeration with the emotion. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like for example, like when David's dad dies, and I'm not spoiling anything big. There's no I'm not I'm only spoiling like the first the the prologue in like the first chapter. So you can still read this. There's like so many pages left besides this. So, in the point is, yeah, David wants to kill Steelheart, who killed his father, and has been killing other people, like thousands of people, but, but the idea is that, like, is that I just, I think it's a little over-exaggerated, like, I love my parents to death, but I feel like putting your life on the line, it doesn't feel logical to the story. And especially if you, especially if you love your parents, every parent, every good parent would not want their kid to die. Especially if it's even, I mean, even if it's avenging them, there's still a, there's a large chance, chance David would die. So I find in like, there's another scene where he he over exaggerates his emotion and it's like i feel it's inconsistent so there's people that are more emotional and have those emotions differently but it just he doesn't feel like that's his personality during the book nevertheless that's like one of my only complaints on the book that i wanted to write um so i rate this book a 4.3 out of 5 or an 86 percent and I would definitely recommend it. It's a really great book, especially for people who love dystopian novels. It has great foreshadowing, splendid description throughout, and amazing action. And so many people love this book. And there's, it's a three-book series. I just read the first one. I'm, I might read the other two as well. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Sounds so, like yeah, that's all for this book. Um, maybe someone will read it, because I personally really enjoyed it. Um, that was like my only complaint about it. So, yeah. So, let's go into that conclusion. So, um, thanks for listening. And I just want to say that you can watch us on YouTube and see our faces because this is actually our first YouTube video. So you can see us right now. Wave. Hi. Hello. <laughs> um. And also email us at a few, so few important things um, without it's without the a, a so few important things at gmail.com if you want to give us recommendations or anything about the podcast if you enjoyed it we we love your feedback and our Instagram is a few important things if you would like to follow us there it's actually pretty new and so that is all uh, for this episode yeah, of a so few important all- things. So this that's all for this episode of A Few Important Things. We thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you, if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, drop a like, or yeah. subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, and leave a comment or something. Yeah, so and see you next time. for listening, and we'll see you next time.
Bye.